Welcome to the TSO Podcast. I'm Kathleen Kajioka from the New Classical FM. Part of the reason it's not well known is because um, Stalin really forbade that it be played. I mean, he actually had all of this, as much as he could, all of the scores destroyed. Yeah, he thought it was very anti-Soviet, which it was. That's TSO music director Peter Unjin. You'll hear from him later in the show. But first, it may be small, but it is mighty. The flute is a vital component of the symphony orchestra. And of course, the TSO's associate principal, Flute Julie Ranti, is an expert. We recently sat down with her to get her thoughts on playing the flute and what it means to be a member of the TSO. Take a listen. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. How did you start playing the flute? Well, I guess it all began when I wanted to play either the trumpet or the violin. I was 10 years old. I grew up in a musical family, and my father was the principal trumpet of the Montreal Symphony. And I decided, wow, playing trumpet would be cool. I want to play the trumpet. Now, my dad, who was born in 1932, grew up at a different time. And in his day, really, girls did not play the trumpet. Although he was a brass player, and he didn't quite phrase it like that. He said, chicks don't play brass instruments. And so I took him at his word and thought, okay, well, then my next choice is the violin. I'd really like to play the violin because I had fallen in love with Pincus Zuckerman's recording of the Tchaikovsky Violin Concerto, which I listened to over and over again, wore out that record, and as you could do with records in those days. And uh, so I had decided I would play the violin instead of the trumpet. And uh, my mother, being the practical one in the house, said, uh, well, forget about the violin. They're too expensive. Uh, I don't want to mortgage the house to buy a violin. How about the flute? The flute's a nice instrument. They're not that expensive. And uh, on top of that, maybe we could get you to study with the principal flute of the Montreal Symphony, who at that time was Jean Backstresser, who in later years became the principal flute of the Toronto Symphony. So my father uh, talked to Jean and asked if he would be able to bring me to lessons. And she said that she, she was very young at the time. She had just gotten the job out of Juilliard. And um, she said she had never taught a beginner before, but that she, as a favor to my father, would be willing to take me on. And uh, that's where it all began. And she's, to this day, been my greatest mentor and flute hero. When did the TSO come into the picture for you? Well, I actually, after I went to Juilliard, I moved to Toronto to continue studying with Jeannie. And um, she was here just for one year, and then she became the principal flute of the New York Philharmonic after that. And uh, so while I was here studying with her, the following year... No, actually two years after that, an opening opened up for second flute, actually, and I auditioned and won the job. Do you ever think about what you would do if you didn't play the flute? Yes, I've thought about that many times, and I have not come up with any answers at all. I, you know, I only ever wanted to be a flutist in an orchestra from the time I started the flute when I was 10. And uh, I think that tunnel vision helped me attain my dream Um, But I had no backup plan. So it's a good thing that I managed to uh, cash in on my dream because I really don't know what I'd be doing. From your 30 years in the orchestra, what moment stands out for you? 30 years is a long time, and it's hard to really remember 
so many things and you know it's so easy when we look back on our lives to remember things at the beginning and um, when we used to do concerts at Ontario Place in the summer one of my I think it was my first summer season there Ella Fitzgerald came and sang with us and it was spectacular she was such an inspiration Um, I mean you know she's I'm sure not the only great memory I have but just in a flash I I have this vivid memory of her singing and just being so inspired by her thanks so much for speaking with us today okay you're welcome TSO Associate Principal Flute Julie Ranty sharing her experiences as a member of the orchestra you're listening to the TSO podcast stay with us The TSO hits the road again this week, and with that comes all the preparation and organization, as well as excitement and anticipation. The TSO performs in Rochester, New York on Friday, and music director Peter Unjun is here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you so much. So you're heading down to Rochester. You're going to be down there with the Toronto Symphony and Angela Hewitt. Canadian uh, pianist extraordinaire. She's going to be playing some Bach and conducting, as I understand. Yes, she will lead from the piano, which is what, you know, that's correct. I mean, to conduct Bach with somebody like Angela Hewitt there is redundant because the, you know, it's a very small orchestra, of course, and and they just need to be right with her, listening to her and and, and accompanying her in in exactly the way she would would want. So, yeah, it'll be a collaboration with them. But... uh, I mean, she's she's a legend at this point, you know, and and her Bach playing is appreciated all over the world. It's just it's just phenomenal. She's a great great artist. So I, I think we're all very excited, and it's it's kind of an unusual program, but I think this program looks quite cool. What's cool about it? Shostakovich Eighth Symphony is on it as well. I should mention. Well, exactly. I mean, it's two Bach concertos with, you know, arguably the great greatest Bach player, one of them certainly in the world today. Uh, Andras Schiff is pretty good <laughs> too, but you know there's a lot of good Bach players. But but Angela is extraordinary, and then in the second half Shostakovich Eighth Symphony. So this is not such a well-known, so often performed symphony by Shostakovich. Talk a bit about it. Well, you know, part of the reason it's not well known is because um, Stalin really forbade that it be played. I mean, he actually had all of the sc- as much as he could all of the scores destroyed. Is that so? After it was played, because uh, he thought it was very anti-Stalin, uh, anti. Soviet, which it was, in fact, of course. But, um, I mean, it was written in 1943, right after the victory in Stalingrad, when the Nazis were actually defeated, you know, uh, a huge turning point in the war. But it was also right after the, you know, well, the siege of Leningrad had inspired, if you can call it that, the, the creation of the Seventh Symphony, the massive Leningrad Symphony, which is really a, a depiction of of the experience of being in Russia at that point. And that doesn't only include the Second World War. That includes the, the, the literally the murder of so many, make millions of Russians, you know, through that whole period, in, in especially in the late 30s under, under Stalin. I mean, the, the, you, you can't even call this repression. Um, this is virtually a genocide in a way on your own people and so so the the seventh symphony extraordinarily powerful gives you a feeling of the action of what it was like to experience being alive in that place at that time the eighth symphony is more more of a psychological drama it's more in the head of what it what to experience the pain the torment the torture of having been 
through these and continue to go through these things. For me, it's on a very special level of intellectual curiosity and expression. And you're taking this down to Rochester. Why Rochester? Rochester invited us. You know, it was amazing. We just, they suddenly, they realized we're not very far away. <laughs> and they, you know, we've been touring a little bit. And uh, I mean, I'd like to think that the TSO has an excellent reputation um, across the U.S. and internationally. And uh, they simply called up and said, you know, would you possibly have an, uh, a t- time to come? You know, it's not that far, you know, four hours and you come in and, and give us a concert. It would be a wonderful experience for the city of Rochester. And so we're delighted to go down. Uh, Toronto audiences can also hear this program here at Roy Thompson Hall on April 13th, 14th and 16th. And if you want to hear them in gorgeous Eastman Theatre at the Eastman School of Music in Rochester, that's on April 15th. Peter, thank you so much for telling us all about this program. You're so welcome. That brings us to the end of this week's TSO podcast. Don't forget, you can be in touch with the TSO at any time. Send an email to community at tso.ca or leave a note on our Facebook or Twitter pages. For more music and stories from the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, join us on Sunday night with the TSO. That's every Sunday at 8 p.m. on the new Classical FM. I'm Kathleen Kajioka. Join us next Monday for another episode of the TSO podcast. <laughs>